0: Welcome um, to the Super Fantasy Bros podcast, which is part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. I am one half of the team, Kevin Coleman, and I am joined on the co-host, but or on the podcast by my co-host Jacob Dunn. Jacob, how you feeling? Training camp is buzzing out there in Colorado. How's everything going?
1: Fantastic, my man. Yeah, out here, out here in in Denver, they gave Drew Locke the first snap in training camp. Now that doesn't mean that doesn't mean too much to me, uh, but at least at least coach Fangio is giving is giving lock the benefit of the doubt and letting him prove why he should be the QB one here. But yeah, other than that, I mean, training camp is here football. It seems, ah, oh man, it seems so, so quickly around the corner. I think there's about 44 days left. So I'm pumped brother.
0: I'm excited. I always get excited around this time. Training camp. You know, we got news notes. You got all this stuff. Um, I love. I love seeing Gallup today. You got, I, I'm glad he's healthy. But you see CD catches. Like everything yeah. about this time. This is why we love football. We're starting to get into that. And so, right. with that being said, on today's show, we're covering recent news from around the NFL a uh, little bit older news and then some newer news, uh, rookie quarterbacks, and when we think they might start, where their schedules are at, who are we buying, who are we selling at the, the quarterback class, and then we're going to be going over some listener questions if we have time. So, hey, w- without further ado, let's jump into this bad boy because football season is here and we are pumped to go. Here we go! So we got to cover this because this has been, uh, I, I appreciate Aaron Rodgers. Shout out to you uh, giving us content for the last two months because if they, without you, I don't know what the hell we would talk about. Yes. Uh, but he's back. He showed up all decked out today and he is, he's here. He showed up for camp. He's going to get Randall Cobb maybe and coming back and his best friend. So Besties United, Last Dance. What are your initial thoughts? Rodgers coming back, fantasy implications, everything's right in the world now.
1: Well, you guys hear that sound? <sighs> that's the sound of green bay fans and fantasy managers all letting out a sigh of relief all right Rogers shoots right back up to quarterback six for me right behind dak prescott and right in front of justin herbert and russell wilson Devonte adams shoots right back up to uh wide receiver one overall aaron jones moved moves right at the top of my rb2 tier list uh Robert Tunyon turns into undraftable for me into a top 10 <laughs> tight end <laughs> and every single Green Bay wideout on the roster suddenly has best ball appeal you know it's crazy how one quarterback can quickly change the landscape of fantasy football but that's the power of Aaron Rodgers <laughs>
0: Yeah. No, I mean, Hey, he's here. Everybody can. And like you said, you know, people can breathe a sigh of relief, especially Devonte Adams, like dynasty owners. Yes. You guys should be happy. Um, he's in there. He's ready to go. This is going to be a big year for them and they're going to come back with a vengeance. Like there's a real mm-hmm. thing where they're going to come out and play. They're going to go for it right now. This is their Super Bowl year. They want to win it. Uh, I think it's great. I th- I never really thought he was going to not come back. I just thought that they're going to have to secede to him a little bit. And it sounds yeah. like the management has kind of given into him a little bit. Maybe Randall Cobb's coming back. Um, I did see a joke, like, are you going to go pick up Randall Cobb? I'm probably not uh, touching Randall Cobb uh, in Mm -hmm. Dynasty and those type of things. I do think this hurts Amari Rodgers a little bit. So if yeah. we're talking about rookies that this may impact. Amari not having that. If if Cobb is there, that's going to be a real thing. And so that's something that we have to be concerned about, uh, especially if you thought maybe he could contribute this year. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm excited to have him back, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and you know, like you said, Devontae's there. I think that's big. I love it for Aaron Jones, though. I was a little worried as a Jones owner. I was a little getting a little worried that Jordan was going to be there. But I will yeah. say, I did do a YouTube video on Jordan Rogers or excuse me, Jordan Love, and. I, I actually, I, I believe in Jordan love. I think as a dynasty asset, even right now would be a good time to maybe buy him for pretty cheap because he's going to be cheap and you know, he's probably going to be the starter next year. I, I don't know if Rodgers is coming back next year based on everything that's going on. So I would maybe take a shot on Jordan love.
1: I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And absolutely. Like Aaron Rodgers probably agreed to come back because he wants all of his old friends back. Like Randall Cobb, Devonte Adams, like Aaron Jones, like he has his group ready for him and he wants his old friend, Randall Cobb to come back so that they can make that Super Bowl run. So this is going to be an exciting year in green Bay and for fantasy managers as well.
0: Yeah, no, Hey, we breathe a sigh of relief. Um, I'm sorry, Denver Broncos. Uh, you guys aren't going to get Aaron Rodgers doesn't look like, so, you know, good thing locks there. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. I don't want to make you all sad. Tariq Cohen starting the uh, preseason on the NFL pup list that came out recently. Uh, you know, he's come back from his ACL tear that he had week three last year. There's a lot of concern about Cohen taken away from Montgomery. Uh, you know, David Montgomery's there. He finishes a running back one and he he does have good value. Uh, you know, are you more or less buying Montgomery with this news? Does this change anything? does it really matter. Pup list early in the preseason. Maybe it doesn't matter. What do you think about this?
1: Yeah. So it, it, really wasn't surprising to still see that he is rehabbing and can't perform right now. But this does give Montgomery a higher floor while giving backup Damian Williams a shot at creating an even bigger role for himself as the change of pace back behind Monty. So I think that Cohen will be fine for the start of week one, but you can't take anything for granted. You know, this gives Damian Williams, you know, he is right now the safer handcuff to or the safer insurance policy to in to Montgomery over Cohen, yeah. but I would still draft Cohen late in a best ball league because he has that ability. But Damien Williams looks a little safer right now.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's true. Like, as far as redrafts, those type of things, I get nervous about that. Uh, you know, Damien, Damian had a legit year when he played for the Chiefs and he had the Super Bowl year. Yeah. Obviously, you know, he could have easily won Super Bowl MVP. Uh, and I think that is a value. I still think Montgomery is just getting underdrafted. Like when you look at him, he's yeah. going in like the back end of the third round and he finishes a running back one in, in single quarterback leagues. I, I'm smashing his ADP all day. Like I mm-hmm. love Montgomery, especially this year in redraft. I don't think he's a risk. Do you?
1: Uh, I don't think he's a risk. I think he's one of the safest running backs other than Chris Carson, you know, like in like yeah. that RB two range. Um, so Kevin, I'm curious. We talked about this earlier. Would you take Montgomery over Carson right now with all these reports saying that he's going to get at least 20 carries a game, or would you take a Chris Carson?
0: I'm taking Montgomery. Uh, okay. and, I, and that's weird. That's hard for me. Cause I like Carson. Like mm-hmm. I've always been a Carson guy. Montgomery stayed healthy Carson there's always those risks that he's going to get injured a little banged up (laughs) I actually think and this is crazy as long as we'll talk about fields later if fields can start earlier I think Montgomery is a very very safe play if and and I I don't know I just I tend to I I trust that offense a little bit more to run through Montgomery maybe Mm -hmm. they rely on him a little bit more Uh, I think it's gonna be close but I just think Montgomery is gonna stay healthy and so that's my bet is that he'll stay healthier over Carson
1: right Right. It, it It is extremely close for me, but I still lean Carson because he's on a better offense. But like you said, that's a great point. The Bears offense will run through will run through David Montgomery, whereas Carson is just a complimentary piece. And then there's talk of uh, Rashad Penny stepping up. So yeah. Montgomery has no competition. So I think I'm leaning your way, Kevin, like you're kind of talking me into taking Monty over Carson, but it, but it's still very close for me.
0: Yeah, and I think you know it's it's interesting to see where they're going right now in, in drafts and and, re, and redraft leagues. I don't know necessarily the ADP where it's at. I believe it's got to be it's got to be very close, probably third, or fourth mm-hmm. round in there. Um, but I would still, I think I still lean Montgomery. And I, the Cohen has never worried me. Like Cohen's not someone that's ever even last year no. he never worried me. Uh, he's not in the same category as like Kareem Hunt. He's just not. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to be that same guy that they're there. So I'm all in on Montgomery in redraft. Smash the hell out of that ADP. I love it. Uh, now, we do need to talk about this, which, which really is hurt. Uh, Michael Thomas owners out there have been hurt for the last two years, it feels like. <sighs> had to have surgery. It looks like he didn't take the doctor's advice of coming back after the first visit. The doctor said, come look. After a month, we'll see if we need to have surgery. He got the camp in June. Had this. Now, be careful of clickbait headlines there was a big clickbait thing about six to eight weeks or, uh, for whatever it was, uh, how long is he gonna be out? He did have the surgery in June. So when we're thinking about like, per, where is he coming to come back at, uh, you know, what was your initial kind of reaction to Michael Thomas being out? And when do you think he's coming back? Cause they do have a bye week six. So we, I know we talked about that pre-show where, where, where are you at with Michael Thomas?
1: So as of today, you know, four for four has Michael Thomas's ADP, At 309, you know, like he's being taken as a wide receiver 12, which was a value before the injury. But now let's reassess his redraft value. You know, latest reports, like you said, you know, the Saints, the Saints just put him on the pup list. He's eligible to come off that pup list anytime during during camp. But if he has to stay on the pup list going into the season, then he will be forced to miss at least six games. Like you said earlier, the Saints have a bye week at week six, uh, which would put him on track to to return in week eight. If you're drafting right now, first off, why are you drafting so early? Uh, But but secondly, uh, I would stay far away from him to give you guys some context. I had. Michael Thomas in the high-end wide receiver two range with upside, but now I have him in the wide receiver five range behind guys like Michael Gallup, Corey Davis, and Jalen Waddle. He's in front of those wild card wideouts like a Devonte Parker, a Cole Beasley, Russell Gage, and Henry Ruggs. I'm personally staying far away, but I would understand if anyone wants to take him in the late late rounds to see if he can if if he can come back mid season. And if you had that IL stash uh, just to see if he does come back, but even when he's healthy enough to come back, he's going to have to get back in shape. He's going to, you know, he's, you know, he just, I'm staying away. I'm staying away personally. I'm sorry, Kevin.
0: So, so I know you just, you just shouted out like, why are you drafting so early? And this is going to show how d- d- degenerate I am. So I did a redraft. <laughs> uh, I did a redraft draft yesterday. And no way. It was, uh, not really a home league. It was more of like a uh, – it's like a school league where a bunch of teachers, but people that know fantasy, but it's we're doing it before school starts because we're, we get so busy. So I do have some uh, some excuses, and my wife doesn't know about this league, so let's keep it from there. But Michael Thomas went at the 8.04, so I, I wanted to check and make sure. So I wanted to see for redraft purposes, he went at the 8.04. four. What is the eighth round too early for you, or – where okay. are you at there? Cause that's still a starter. So technically you're waiting on him. So you're going to want to draft after him. And this is the guy and I, I made sure I looked. So this guy got Calvin Ridley, Alan Robinson, Julio Jones and DJ Moore. And then he drafted Michael Thomas late.
1: Are it, you okay sounded with like, that? it sounded like he had other needs to address. If he got all those wideouts that, that early, I mean, he's already stacked now. Yeah. He's just, now, Michael Thomas is just is just a luxury pick. Uh, But in the eighth round, let's say we got a quarterback, a running back, a running back, a wide receiver, wide receiver, a wide receiver and a tight end. I guess if you fill your roster or like, you know, you already have your seven players of, you know, foundation, I understand. But I would rather take healthy bodies that are going to help me now, you know, in the Eighth round is where you can find some gems in the eighth, ninth, and tenth round. Now, I would feel comfortable taking him in the 11th round or later, but I personally think that eighth round is a little too soon, but I get why you would want why you would want that upside in the second half of the season.
0: Yeah, and put in perspective. So I'm gonna throw out some names that got drafted after him, some wide receivers, not necessarily running backs, just wide receivers. Uh Jarvis Landry, Antonio Brown, Rashad Bateman, Gallup, Jalen Waddle, and Tyler Boyd, and then Darnell Mooney. I probably I mean, out of all those guys, I mean Jarvis, maybe, you know, Antonio. What can Antonio be? A lot of a lot of a lot of targets to be had uh mm-hmm. thrown around there. But I, I love like Tyler Boyd, uh, Darnell Mooney. Like yeah. those are yeah. guys I feel like are gonna produce at least those first seven weeks. Then you just figure it out on the on the waiver wire, wire, right?
1: I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely take Mooney over him. I would definitely take Landry over him. I, I think that he's being underrated right now uh you know he is a solid ppr guy i'm taking those healthy bodies over michael thomas now i get the argument if you want to take michael thomas over a jalen waddle just because waddle hasn't hasn't proven it yet and he's with a quarterback in tua who's a little bit volatile we're not sure what we're getting so it's like okay i'm gonna go safe i'm just gonna stash mt that's fine but i would rather take the healthy bodies of you know of mooney of Jarvis Landry and all those guys that you said
0: yeah I think it just is risk and reward I did see someone talk about this um on the CBS fantasy podcast they were talking about like hey you don't worry about you know your league the first six weeks you draft him you stash him and you hope that you hit on those other guys I understand that sentiment but you better hope that you hit and you better have a pretty balanced team like that team I was talking about today their running backs really suffer like when you're looking at their roster and what they have Mm -hmm. uh they they drafted Eckler in the first and after that it was just nothing like my uh, Mike Davis. So you really got to hope that those guys hit. I think there's a lot all of right. risk to that. I understand a redraft. Sometimes it's about taking risk So I get it. Uh, but you just got to be very careful um with with who you grab and how you do that. Now, as far as dynasty goes, and I have him, and I, I would like everybody out there, all my listeners to know that I have Cam Akers and Michael Thomas on a lead on a team in a dynasty league. And so my oh. week has been, has not been great. Uh, and as far as Michael Thomas goes for me in dynasty, you can't move him right now. Uh you know, unless so some trades that I've seen. I've seen him go for a first, a 2023 20, first. Fair. I'm okay with a first. if you can get a first for Michael Thomas at this point in his career, I probably would do it. Uh just to be 100% real with everybody out there. Uh in my leagues I can't get a first. I play with a lot of sharks. I play with a lot of guys that know how what they're doing and so it it can be very difficult. I think best case scenario I guess for Michael Thomas for me is he comes back week 7 8 does very well for what two or three games and then depending on what my team looks like can i sell him right to a contender maybe a guy going for it then you can get your first like mm-hmm. that's i think the ideal situation but obviously there's risk because if he doesn't right. play well you're really not getting anything from him right now i think his value is at a second round pick like and that's you can't you can't get rid of michael thomas for a second round pick uh and, and i don't know necessarily a player that you could get um i offered I offer Michael Thomas for Darnell Mooney and I get it got declined. Really? Yeah. In Dynasty.
1: Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah.
0: So I went for it. I thought, hey, what the yep. hell? And and I added a little bit of something, you know, and I was looking trying to get anything. And he declined it because of the Mooney news, because they're moving on. Uh mm-hmm. and so Michael Thomas's value is at a all-time just low. Like it's just cool. an all-time low.
1: I'd say so, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. How the mighty have fallen, man. He was a wide receiver one and now you can't even trade him for Darnell Mooney. I mean, we like Darno Mooney. I know that you are a Mooney truther, but I mean it's Michael Thomas. I oh, yeah. mean that 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 name value alone should garner at least a first round pick, but oh my goodness.
0: That's but crazy. he's just people are just scared from him from last year what he looked like. He's going to be sure. 28, going to be 29. Ageism is a real thing, uh, and, and it's just it's just one of those things where you have to look for what we're doing there. And now you know the real question is now. I made a joke on Twitter. Uh, you could, you know you know follow me there. I said I got to mute the words Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill because I can't. I just can't do it anymore. You know I just uh, who's going to start? Wh- you know where that comes from? As far as like we're concerned, now that Michael Thomas is out so let's start with redraft. Let's go through their guys. You know, are you buying Kamara in the first round for redraft? Do you think he smashes? Are you okay with taking him?
1: So I actually like him a little bit better. Uh, just because I think that, I think that Sean Payton is going to manufacture touches for Kamara, you know? So, so I would feel comfortable taking him in the top five, if not the top three, because I did have Saquon Barkley as my third, RB, but I have moved him. I have moved him down all the way to RB seven just because of all the reports coming out about the Giants playing it safe. Um, now I'm sure that reports are going to be extremely positive right before the season, which is going to make me vault him up. But right now, Alvin Kamara is is extremely safe, and I think that he's even safer and has a higher floor with this news of. Uh, Michael Thomas being out for at least a few weeks into the season.
0: Yeah, we did. I did a little bit of research. We did a little video on this. Kamara, when Michael Thomas was out last year, he averaged 7.9 receptions on 9.1 targets. So for 73 yards receiving per game. Now that was with, that was with Breeze. So right. when we looked at like the stats and the splits, you got to be very careful with that. But when that when he was out in that time that he was out, he had in seven games he had eighty four attempts for four hundred fifty five yards rushing and four rushing touchdowns to go along with fifty five receptions, five hundred fourteen yards and two touchdowns. You could argue Alvin Kamara was the best player in the NFL last year when Michael Thomas was out. And so I'm smashing the hell out of him in yeah. redraft. I think you have to. Does it matter for you who starts if it's Jameis or Taysom? Because I know that can change things. I maybe.
1: Uh, I would feel more comfortable if Jameis Winston starts because I know that he's going to throw the ball and he loves to <laughs> throw the ball. And Taysom Hill is more of a runner. But what's funny is that so as my as as my starting quarterback, I would I would I like Taysom Hill better in my quarterback slot each week than I would a Jameis Winston. Just because of his rushing floor, we love those rushing those yeah. rushing floor quarterbacks. Uh, but if Jameis Winston starts, that vaults up everyone on the Saints. Whereas it just vaults up, tastes some hills value. If he starts, Winston starts, then everyone's value goes up. Kamara goes up, Callaway goes up, Deonta Harris value, Adam Troutman's value, like everyone on the Saints value goes up because. Jameis Winston is a gunslinger. Now yeah. I do now, now I do worry about Jameis Winston kind of dialing it back. He's not gonna be like he he is not gonna be like Brett Favre-esque on the Saints because that's not what Sean Payton wants from him. So I think that he'll probably dial back his gunslinger mentality if he starts, but he'll still be a lot better for all the Saints for all the Saints receivers than a Taysom Hill would be.
0: Yeah, no, and and when you look at yeah, I like how you made that. I like how you brought up that point about Taysom being he's a true QB one-ish in yeah. fantasy perspective. Like he could mm-hmm. finish easily at QB twelve and yeah. be a solid starter. But it is true. Like I want Jameis if I have all those other positional players. Like I want right. Jameis. I want Jameis out there. Uh, you know, you brought up a couple guys that I do wanna, you know, talk about. You know, Traquan Smith. And I like to do the splits without Michael Thomas just to kind of give us an idea between week and, week two and eight last year. He totaled twenty five catches on thirty three targets for three hundred one yards, and he had an eighty to ninety percent snap share. So uh, he was out there, and he was there, and those are solid numbers, but they're not numbers that like pop to me. Right. Like they're not like oh my gosh, they're out there. Are you on Traquan Smith at all in redraft or anything? Because inevitably, it's going to get bumped up, right?
1: So Traquan Smith is presumably the wide receiver one, Uh, but that doesn't mean much to me after averaging 3.6 targets last season, you know, still like you said, Kevin, he was on the field a ton, 80 to 90% snaps. I mean, you know, he was out there. He had the opportunity. Um, You know, he is looking at a bump in targets this season with MT out for at least a few more weeks. I see that 3.6 targets he averaged last season, most likely doubling. So I can definitely see him averaging around seven to eight targets per game, which definitely puts him in the, wide receiver three, wide receiver four range. So I would definitely take him in like the later rounds, like the like the 10th, 11th, or 12th round, and see if he does develop. Whoever starts, you know, he is the wide receiver one there.
0: Yeah, and it, so they also have Mar- Marquez Callaway. Callaway, he told a 19 catches on 25 targets for 202 yards in the games that Thomas missed. and four or five of those games, his snap share was only around 70%. I'm actually a little bit more worried about Callaway, I think. Then Smith, Smith's a big play guy, though. Like I think Traequan Smith's that three catches, eighty yards, touchdown. And if james is there, that's perfectly doable. Like he True. could have that. Callaway just didn't show much when he was out there, and that's I think what worries me the most. Adam Traubman's been, and I want to talk to you about Traubman because Traubman's someone that everybody has been all. they That's like their new thing. It was Cole Komet, and then the Bears just keep signing tight ends out of nowhere. Like they just keep grabbing dudes. And now Cole Komet train is kind of the hype's gone. Now it's Adam Troutman. You know, last year he caught, he was, you know, he 15 passes on 16 targets. He had 171 yards and a touchdown. Nothing like that really smashes out of you. We both know that ADP is going to just jump up for Adam Troutman, especially at the tight end position. And I haven't seen it much. He was going as tight in 20, but you know, that's probably, you think he'll go above, like you think he'll get in that tight end 12 to 14 range before we start the season. If,
1: Jameis Winston is named the starting quarterback, then yes, he will, he will definitely bump up to that, to that tight end, even 10 to 14 range. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Just the hype around him. He's six foot five. He's new. He's 24 years old. You know, he's very young. Uh, But if Taysom Hill starts, then, Uh, I'm not drafting him. I'm staying far away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's really the reality of it, right? Like, and that's why redraft is good for you guys because if you're playing redraft, you can wait. Like, you can just wait, 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 and just wait to see how the camp turns out. I actually think that battle is going to be fun to watch who's going to win that battle. But I could realistically, can't you see, you know, that offense and Sean Payton, those guys, just using Taysom in different ways to where it's almost like a Wildcat situation where it's going to screw all of our fantasy teams?
1: I could definitely see that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, he's been doing that even when Breeze was, yeah, was there. You know, like he would show up randomly. Oh, there's the wide receiver from BYU. Like it's like, oh, what in the world is happening right now? So yeah, I mean, even 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 if Jameis starts, yeah, I think that he'll gets a ton of run anyway.
0: Yeah. No, I, and I agree. As far as dynasty goes, for you know some of those guys, I. I I don't know. I mean, I know they just they just picked up Chris Hogan and people making jokes that he's always open. He's there. I don't see him being a relevant fantasy thing yet. Like, I just don't. Uh, you know, last year in the Jets, he played five games. He had 26 targets. There was really nothing there, right. uh, especially in that Jets roster where they needed a receiver and they just didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm out on that. As far as Dynasty goes, like, Troutman would be a good uh, sell high for me right now, uh, especially yeah. if Jameis gets named. Uh, th- because there's no – you know, there's no, there's nothing in Trauman that makes me think he's a tight end uh, one through five. And if I don't have a tight end one through five, a guy that can finish in the top five, I don't care. Like I'll just. I'll just keep punting it. Um, and yeah. I'm not wasting the draft capital on him. So mm-hmm. that is, you know, that's the Michael Thomas fall. I'm I'm hoping for my fantasy sake that he is healthy and can come back because my my contending team with him and acres on it is no longer contending. It is <sighs> it it is already plummeting and it's only July 27. is Isn't that don't you love Dynasty? This is this is the oh, fun. It hurts.
1: it hurts, man. But good luck, Kevin. I really uh, hope that I really hope for a speedy recovery and you and I both have Cam Akers on our team, so I'll be
0: praying there, right there with you, buddy. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be figuring out something, some witch doctor stuff to get that Achilles <laughs> out there. Uh, now, yeah. what the other issue that we want to kind of talk about because I think it goes along with this, and, and, and as a as a person who loves sports and hates this talk and hates this kind of stuff. The vaccine issue is a real thing. Uh, we've seen the new NFL rule and we've actually just seen it in training camp today. We'll talk about it, but if you're not vaccinated, there's different rules for you. You're going to have to sit out ten days. You have to take two negative tests. You, if you miss a game, if you because it's forfeited, you lose a game check. Like these are real issues now that are going to affect fantasy squads. And the reason why, I mean, even the Vikings offensive line coach just got let go by the Vikings because he didn't wasn't vaccinated. Uh, we've had other people do that, and I don't know if you saw the news today. Mm-hmm. Gus Edwards is out for ten days because he got he tested positive for COVID. He's oh. out for ten days, which means he does not have the vaccine. So now people know he doesn't have the vaccine. Now are you like, when you look at these guys and you're looking at what, what they're saying, are you drafting them? And like, also when we would do guys, so Gus Edwards, Deandre Hopkins has come out and talked about this. He said he was going to retire, but we all know he wasn't going to retire. Leonard Fournette even came out and said all these things. Mm -hmm. So like, do we consider vaccination status and, and depth behind those guys maybe in our drafts?
1: So, First of all, I just saw something that said that Ron Rivera, the head coach of the, Washi- of the Washington football team, is, quote, frustrated about how many players on his team are not vaccinated. Yeah. That tells me that probably most of the NFL players are probably not vaccinated. Uh, but, you know, the only ones to speak up on Twitter were <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins and Leonard Fournette. So we will focus on them. Um, so, you know, if if... If a player publicly doesn't have the vaccine, it it affects the way I draft slightly. We all saw we all saw that infamous Hopkins tweet where he basically questioned his future in the NFL. Later, th- <laughs> later though, he tweeted, "Quote: By the way, I got z- uh, I got." Nine more years in me. Y'all have a good day. So that tells me that he's, you know, he's probably going to get the shot, or you know, he's going to play, and he's not going to let anything stand stand in his way. Uh, it's still a guessing game on my part, but I'm drafting Hopkins as a wide receiver one, who could finish as the number one wide receiver overall in this fast-paced Arizona Cardinals offense. Now Leonard Fournette, he tweeted out, "Vaccine can't do it." But quickly deleted that tweet and came out last last Sunday and said that he will, quote, consider the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, So it honestly feels like both Hopkins and Fournette are fine and should be drafted where they have been, which, you know, is around the RB4, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette is being drafted in the seventh round as the rb twenty eight. DeAndre Hopkins is being drafted as a wide receiver for around the two Oh three. I am extremely fine with both of those ADP prices, despite the vaccine issues.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, but it also makes me selfishly excited about my Rojo shares, right? Shouldn't it? Like, Hey, you know what? If Fournette gets, if he doesn't get the vaccine, he gets COVID. He's going to be out for 10 days. That could be two games Mm -hmm. where I get Rojo hey, hell yeah, Rojo, you're going to be RB1 and you're going to put up points for my team. I think these are just things you have to consider. Like Dobbins right now, everybody's worried about Gus Edwards. I love Gus Edwards. I have Gus Edwards in a lot Same. of ball leagues and a lot of redraft le- or even dynasty mm-hmm. leagues where I thought he was a very solid like Kareem Hunt style player. But if he gets COVID and he has to continue to do this, now you got Dobbins who is could be a running back one. And now you're looking at Dobbins ADP, which is what, in the third round and, or mm-hmm. third ish round. Now you're looking at a legit running back one now because of Gus Edwards just not getting a vaccine. So I right. think that's a real thing. I mean, Dobbins is going in the yeah, third round, 80 32 running back 16. Now you're looking at a guy that, in a run heavy offense because of this vaccine thing. So like, I think it really does have a precedent in our teams I, and we don't want to talk about it, but it's real. Sure, sure. I don't want to rain on the Dobbins parade, but
1: you know, once you do get COVID, it is harder to get it twice just because your body does build up those um, antibodies and everything. But hey, I am not a scientist. I don't claim to be one, you know, so, you know. (laughs) Who knows, you know, it could happen, but, uh, I feel like if Gus gets it now, he's, he's most likely getting it over with, uh, and he'll be fine for the season, but you never know. So yes, I would look at Dobbins as a slight upgrade for sure. Uh, but I wouldn't get too excited there, Kevin,
0: (laughs) You know what? Listen, I'm just glad you knew the word antibodies because I was going to try to help you. But as a history teacher, I could not think of it either. And then you said it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, but I think it's just something. I think it's just something to think about, like, hey, this is a real thing. It's going to affect our teams. And yeah. you might last year, it did, too. We talked about it. It was kind of luck last year. We saw, you know, movements. We saw the COVID stuff this mm-hmm. year. I think it's going to be bigger. Um, just in terms of like, hey, how long are they out? Game checks matter. You know, look at depth and, and look at those guys. But essentially though, hey, that's the NFL news going around and we appreciate you guys listening to that and going through. We'll be doing that every episode now. We're back. We finally got some content that we can talk about real NFL yeah. news and where we're going and drafting and going through. But next, our next segment, we are going to be talking about rookie quarterbacks and redraft ADP and where we essentially think – that they're going to start in. So let's go to the rookie quarterbacks. And with the first rookie quarterback that we're going to be talking about is Justin Fields, uh, Chicago quarterback. Uh, Matt Nagy came out today and I hate coach talk. It's been coach talk all week this week and it's killing me, Jacob. Uh, <laughs> I, I cannot stand it. I got all yeah. these guys. We're going to talk about it later, but Matt Nagy came out today and he was asked about Justin Fields starting. And he didn't say no this time. He said, We're going to evaluate the quarterbacks as we go. So obviously Fields is starting to make an impression Mm -hmm. over Dalton, which he should, because if anybody watched Andy Dalton last season, you should know that Andy Dalton is not the quarterback that he once was. Where what is your opinion of Fields in redraft? So his ADP redraft right now, just so Jacob can and can talk about him. 103 and he's QB 16, which he is the second highest quarterback taken right now in redraft of the of the rookie quarterbacks. So what do you feel like Fields and then where is your guess is when he might actually get on that field?
1: All right. So I do respect that coach talk because Fields must be doing something otherworldly that is just showing up. Andy Dalton and what he can do, or lack thereof, in this point of his career. Uh, so, okay, so I still think that the Bears give Andy Dalton the courtesy of starting him out at least for Week One, maybe Week Two. So, let's look at the Chicago at a, at the Chicago Bears' schedule. Uh, they're at the Rams, and then they face the Bengals and the Lions, Raiders, Packers, Bucks, Niners, and Steelers. Dalton is going to start week one against the Rams and week two against the Bengals for sure, I feel like. You know, I feel like the Bears want to give Andy Dalton his revenge game against his old team, you know. Uh, But I predict that the Bears will probably be one and one or even zero and two and set Justin Fields up for success in his NFL debut in week three at home against the Lions. Book it.
0: All right, well, I think... Did they play the Browns week three though? I think I'm, are you looking at the right schedule?
1: Oh, did I get it wrong? I'm sorry. I, mean, I got to check myself.
0: Uh, week three is at the Browns, but week four is the lions. So sorry I think about that's, that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so that's all right.
1: So let's rewind. Okay. <laughs> so Andy Dalton starts the first three weeks, setting up Justin Fields for success in week four against the Detroit lions. Yeah no, was, yeah,
0: no, that's yeah, no, we'll we'll cut that out. But I was <laughs> uh, what I was what I was thinking is I think the Lions is the perfect week, right? Like I think you're right. And uh, to be honest, you know, the Rams have one of the best defenses in football. Obviously they lost their defensive coordinator to the Chargers, head coach now, but I, I still think the Rams are gonna come to play. You don't want to throw out Justin Fields against the Rams. I don't no. think that that's not gonna be a good for success for all that stuff. The Bengals, yeah, they could, but I think they're gonna give Dalton in that a next shot. And then the Browns have one of the best defenses in the league too. One of the right. best pass rushing defenses in the league as well. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at that schedule, like, oh my God, you know, do they want to throw it out there? But realistically, like you mentioned, they could be 0-3. And then heading mm-hmm. into that, now they go, okay, Lions and then Raiders, that that could be, hey, let's go against Lions win, go against the Raiders win. Now we're 2-3. and three. Right. Now we look a little bit better in that big game against Green Bay and Tampa. Like their schedule is pretty tough this year. So when you're looking at that schedule, you're like, okay, what, what fits him well? I still think that he's the most talented quarterback on that roster, though. So, like, when you – it's going to be hard to keep him off the field, especially if he has some preseason games where you're like, oh, wow, like, that kid can throw, and that kid actually does better for that offense.
1: I agree, and it's almost similar to the Russell Wilson starting over Matt Flynn, you know, Uh, but I just don't think that the Bears want to rattle his confidence by throwing Mm -hmm. him out to the the Lions' den, like you said, you know, or, you know, to – this amazing Rams defense who is probably going to tear him apart or who whoever starts there so yeah I think even even if Fields shows up in in the preseason I think they take the careful approach and build up his confidence by starting him in week four against the Lions
0: yeah and that's fair what do you think of his ADP redraft are you okay with it because he's going as QB 16 uh, in the 11th round, like, do you feel like that's a good, because you're essentially getting your backup probably, um unless you take him and then take someone later. Like, I, I'd be interested to see, like, maybe take Fields and then later take, like, a Derek Carr. You mm. start Derek Carr in the beginning, and then you wait for Fields to be there. Would that be a strategy you kind of roll with, or are you okay with that ADP?
1: Yeah, so if we look at the quarterbacks being taken after Fields, it's Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, Tua, Trey Lance and Carson Wentz it's all streamers after fields uh so he's a very low risk pick in the later rounds of draft and he has the clearest path to start so taking him later in your draft could be a worthwhile investment for your fantasy team with all the weapons that surround Justin Fields you know I think he is definitely going to get that nod in week four at the least
0: yeah no and i think so i think it's not a it's not a tough risk it's it's an easy buy for me in in terms of this format like he's someone that i'm okay grafting early because i think that you know not to tip my hand a little bit but between all these guys i think he's the probably the quarterback that starts the second fastest um Mm. or actually the first fastest of the guys that aren't going to automatically start uh but the, the guys that are there like i would grab fields i'm okay with that and I, I just love his talent. I love what they're going to do with Mooney, and I love that ability with Allen Robinson there. I think that he has great RPOs. He's going to do great with Montgomery. Like that's all fine and Danny, but when we're talking about and in redraft leagues too, you know how it is like fourth. The fourth week means nothing. If you lose the first couple of games, your fantasy league that doesn't mean anything. Right. He can lead you to that next promised land of that of those wins in your fantasy leagues. Yep. Uh, you have anything left with Fields? I was just going to say I am 100 percent with you.
1: Justin Fields is the first quarterback I would take a risk on in the later rounds of draft because he does have the clearest path to start. That's not already starting.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. So let's go to the next guy. And I have a feeling that I'm going to just be sad this whole year with him. And that's Trey Lance. Uh, coach News today, Coach Speak. We need to have a sound for that. Probably like Mario dying. Uh, you know, <laughs> coach, coach Speak today, he said there's no quarterback competition there's Jimmy G's our starter. Right. And listen, they did not waste all that draft capital to move up in the draft to say, to start Jimmy G the whole year. I just don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it, but I gosh, they might do it. Like they Uh just might do it. He's going as redraft ADPs, the 12th round QB 19. So he's going a little later. What is your opinion of the land situation? Mm -hmm. Where do you think he's going to start? And do you believe the coach speak?
1: So I truly believe that the 49ers want to sit Trey Lance the whole 2021 season, a la Patrick Mahomes. Uh, even, even if this is their hope, though, I think that Lance will make starts this year one way or another. Jimmy G has missed 23 of 48 games the last three seasons. So he is not he is not the healthiest guy in the I mean he he is always hurt. So I just think I I just think it's only a matter of time before Trey Lance makes starts. You know, uh with Jimmy G's injury history, Lance will all but make starts this year. But there is a perfect world where Jimmy G stays healthy all season, and if that's the case, I don't see him relinquishing that starting role, letting Lance sit the whole year and just watch. You know, and 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 just grow and just ball out maybe in a week 18, you know, like just like Patrick Mahomes did. Uh, but, you know, if we are making our predictions, the 49ers face the Lions, the Eagles, the Packers, the Seahawks and Cardinals before their bye week in week six, they could easily go and zero, followed by three straight losses. 49ers go into the bye week at two and three and officially make the switch to Trey Lance before the Colts come to town in week seven. Now, Kevin, did I get that schedule, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, you got, you got the schedule, right? Yeah, and you, and you picked the game that we always look for bye weeks for these right. quarterbacks. Cause we always think like if they, they're going to make a change, they'll do it during the bye weeks. So they get the, they get two weeks of prepared they can get the game script down. These dudes know the first 50 plays going to get called, essentially. Like, hey, this is the game. This is what our script is going to be. Here's the offense. Here's what we need you to do. And we see it time and time. The NFL is just it, – it, it's a league where it's just a copycat league, but a lot of teams just do it that way. That's just who they what they do. I like that week six, like, bye week, and then, okay, let's go against the Colts. Uh, I could see that. My, my, my guess was around week seven. So, Indianapolis yeah. Colts in there – but it really kind of, I think it just depends. I think the two biggest games of the Seahawks, like that stretch between Green Bay, Seahawks, and the Cardinals, is going to be huge. Like, yeah, if they go two and zero right away and they beat the Lions and Eagles, then I, then I, then I'm a little bit more worried. I think if they can, if they lose those three straight games and then two divisional games, then we're talking like fans are like, hey, you got to put Lance in. We got to see what he can do. Yep. There's going to be a little bit of pressure there. Now, if they come out of that three and two, I could realistically see them maybe rolling with Jimmy again. And if Indianapolis comes in, depending on what Indianapolis season looks like, then we're working at maybe like, maybe they start them week nine against the Cardinals. Maybe mm-hmm. if that that's when the second half of that division, okay, let's see if he can kind of pull us out of this and, and they're three and three or whatever. Uh, I do think that he is, everybody knows he was my QB2 coming into this class. And mm-hmm. I love Trey Lance. I love his talent. I love, I think he's going to be a hell of a fantasy asset. He's just got to get on that field. I don't believe their coach, though. Like, I do not believe Shanahan. I think that he knows what he has with Lance. He's going to try to insulate Lance and help him. Uh, And so I could see maybe week seven being that here. But, again, his ADP is, you know, QB19, I don't mind taking a shot on him. Like, to me, you might have to wait a little longer. But because of that extra week, depending on what fantasy leagues do, you could still have that being in the playoffs. I know a lot of people play in 10-man leagues and they do the top six, and so then you're really looking at, like, okay, I can just get in and and be there. I like Lance. I just think that he's getting a little overdrafted probably and redraft a little bit based on where he's going to probably start.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Trey Lance is going ahead of guys like Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, who may not even play, or at least the first half of the season, and Ben Roethlisberger, you know, which is honestly – Which is honestly more than fair. Uh, Like Justin Fields, you know, I would rather take a quarterback like Fields or Lance late in my draft for that that potential upside and just stash them away. You know, his – Trey Lance's rushing upside is too great, and Jimmy G, he's – Injury history is even greater. So yeah. I would definitely grab Lance late and stash him as long as you can, but I would grab Fields first.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's fair. I'd grab Fields too and redraft. Uh, I would probably grab Lance in, in Dynasty's because I like him yes. more. Um, but you did bring up Big Ben, and I, you know me, I'm going to go off script a little bit. So there's, I don't understand Big Ben's ADP because the three, the Deontay Johnson, Claypool, and Juju all getting drafted. Wide receiver 23 to, 20, to 30. So they're getting drafted as a, a wide receiver 2 to 3. And then Big Ben's getting drafted as a quarterback 23, 24. Mm-hmm. So either Big Ben is getting undervalued or the receivers are getting overvalued. Which one is it, Jacob?
1: Uh, it's just... Okay, so... Roethlisberger is back for his 17th season. He's 39 years old. He did he's not look now. good last year. He's skinny, oh, he's skinny now. Okay. Oh, okay. Did you, oh, whoa, did you see the pictures? I did see it and he does look slimmer, you know. I'll I'll take med- to him.
0: He's on that Mediterranean diet that my wife's making me eat now. So he's 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 losing that weight. He's he's on that.
1: What is Mediterranean diet? Is that like shawarma's?
0: I, I don't know. My doctor made me do it and my wife's now telling me I have to be on some Mediterranean diet. So I'm eating a lot of vegetables, a lot of legumes. Okay. Uh okay. I, that's what Big Ben's on. He looks he looks healthy. Like okay. I, so I, I'm just I just don't understand the ADP, Jacob. Explain it to me. Right? What's funny is
1: that okay, so I don't like how he looked last year. Yes, he does look slimmer, but his arm just was not there. He looked awful. But what's funny is that all of his wide receivers have such high ADPs. Like you said, yeah, that's just because I think that they're going to just create extremely short, short, uh, short passes to mask his arm, you know, like, Quick slant to, uh, Deontay Johnson, to Juju, to Claypool, like throwing screens to Claypool like they did last year. Like they're going to mask everything about Big Ben. And now they have a Najee Harris to take off that load as well, because Najee, as we all know, is a three down back, you know, so yeah. he can just dump it off to Najee. He can hand it off to Najee 20 times. I don't think that Roethlisberger is going to throw as much as we think. So like, like, The point that you're making, Kevin, I think that the Steelers wideouts are just being ranked way too high. I do think that Deontay Johnson is the safest guy here, but all the others are just wild cards to me, which is crazy that all of them are so high and Big Ben is so low. It doesn't make sense. And I totally agree with you, Kevin. It's weird.
0: It's weird, right? Like I just saw that ADP today and I was when I was doing the um my prep. And I know people don't think I prep, but I do prep out there. Guys. <laughs> I, I I'm here for you guys. And I was looking at like QB twenty-three is a tough, is a tough ADP for me. Like I feel like he should be QB 15, 16 set somewhere in there, yeah. depending on what you think of his value is gonna be. He did finish his QB 15 last year. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. that one year removed from that elbow surgery, we could see a legitimately like yeah. top 15 guy again. Uh, in that offense so like i understand what you're saying i just i thought that was interesting i'm sorry we got off track a little bit uh what well, let's go to this kid and this kid who is supposed to be the you know the number two pick number three pick and uh, number three pick in the nfl drafts. and then he would dropped all the way to 15 and that's mac jones you know mac jones adp right now is 1809 that's his rounds and then he's going as qb 33 so he's gonna draft way late I don't know what the hell to do with Mac Jones because I don't know what Bill Belichick is going to do because no one knows ever what Bill Belichick is going to do. And Cam Newton last year didn't look great. I know the excuses were COVID. I know the excuses were all this. Like I don't know because he didn't have COVID the year before. He didn't look very good. His arm looks a little bad. Like I don't necessarily where that's going to be. I know they built that offense around them. McDaniel's is one of the best um, offensive coordinators. I know as a Denver fan, you might not like him as a head coach. Uh, But what is what is Mac Jones to you? Like where what what is our opinion of Mac?
1: So I just want to I just want to preface it by saying Mac is far less talented than the first two. (laughs) <laughs> then the first two players, you know, he is far less talented than fields and, and Lance. I just, I just wanted to get that out there. Um, saying that Bill loves him because he fits that mold of, a, yeah. of, of a game manager who will run the Patriots system. Mac Mac is the only one out of the three quarterbacks that we have already talked about that. I give a fighting chance to start in week one. And actually I'm going to go ahead and call my shot and say that Mac Jones proves himself a couple games into the preseason and earns that starting job outright before week one.
0: Wow. Look at that. You're that's a shot right there. Look at your, th- this is going to be your uh, claim to fame right here. <laughs> I, I, but Belichick. I can see it because Belichick is so damn he's, he's, he, I hate him as a fantasy manager. I love him as a coach. Like, He's yes. Obviously, one of the best coaches in the NFL. Uh, but he doesn't he doesn't go by narratives, he doesn't go by nice. he doesn't say, Hey, you've earned it, Cam. You've been a start in the league. You took your team to the Super Bowl. He doesn't do that thing. He goes and says, Hey This is where, you know, This I'm going to put the best person in the league. I did an entire video on on Jones and how he fits the system on on Patriots' system, and he does. He fits everything that Bill loves and everything he does. And we could realistically see them coming out. They play Miami, and that Dolphins' defense is, I think, a tad bit overrated, but they're still pretty good. We Mm -hmm. saw last year that they knew how to deal with it. So mm-hmm. to me, I think that could be a possibility here. Like, Hey, you know, they, we saw how they dealt with cam last year. He didn't have a great game. Then the jets jets. Salah is going to be there. Improved defense, maybe just an improved team, new Orleans saints. Gosh, who knows about that? Their their schedule is a little weird. I'm not going to go with you. Like that's a, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a risk taker there. I actually yeah. said when I looked at their schedule and where they were at, I said the Houston Texans week five. So mm-hmm. I was looking at their schedule. You know, if they go against Miami, New York, Saints, Buccaneers, and then maybe the Texans, it's no bye week in between there because they don't have a bye until late, week 14. So realistically, maybe that'd be an easy team to play against. The Texans put them in there. Uh, I know their defense is actually not that bad in Houston, and maybe they go. My worst case scenario is he puts them against my Cowboys week six, and they just and he freaking. I know it'll happen. Our bad secondary, Mac Jones will look like an MVP of the league, and oh it'll man, just, it'll just hurt my soul. But uh, your scenario is right too, and then I honestly though isn't there a scenario where Cam just starts the whole season, like he just plays good enough to where hey, Cam just plays okay, and then they go what eight nine nine and eight. And they just, and they just, that's, that's what it is. They are.
1: There is that scenario, but I don't think that cam Newton can stay healthy. He's like a Jimmy G. Like he just cannot stay healthy, especially in this point of his career. So I think that Mac makes starts no matter what, but yes, in a perfect world, probably bill wants to run cam Newton into the ground before putting (laughs) Mac Jones into the fold. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see, but I don't trust Cam to stay healthy.
0: No, n- me neither. And I don't trust his shoulder. I don't trust his arm. I, no. I think it's it's just not there. And I love Cam. Like, I'm the biggest Cam supporter in the world because he does a lot of off-the-field stuff, his charity stuff. He was one of the best college quarterbacks to ever play college football for a season. He's a good dude that gets yeah. shit on by a lot of people for a lot of dumb reasons because he has personality and he dresses you know, whatever. I have a Marvel shirt on. Like he drafts weird. He does those type of things. Like I am not there. I just don't think his arms there anymore. And I think, I think Bill knows that or they wouldn't have took Mac 15. Like they would have moved on. Uh, Now we didn't talk about Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, just for the fact that we, they're both starting. So they're both going to be starting. We know that I do want to mention, you know, Lawrence is right now is QB 14. Do you think that's overdraft? So he's going gone around 10. you uh, obviously the first rookie quarterback off the board. Do you, do you think that is an overdraft? Or are you okay with Lawrence being your QB1 on a redraft team?
1: So I've done a lot of research on this. I currently have Trevor Lawrence as my quarterback 15 behind guys like Joe Burrow and a Matthew Stafford. He, Lawrence doesn't boast the upside of Fields and Lance. But Lawrence is a day one starter who already looks like a poised veteran. You know, I was talking to you the other day, Kevin, and you said it feels like Lawrence has been in the league for like okay. three years, and it really, it really does feel like that. Um, so I think that Trevor also offers sneaky rushing upside, which could give him a weekly decent floor. Lawrence has has the weapons around him to succeed, such as a DJ Shark. Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault and Travis Etienne, along with a solid running back in James Robinson. He has a great team around him, which should keep him in the top 15 each week, especially playing from, um, especially playing behind a Jaguars defense that gave up a second worst 30.8 points per game last season. So he might have to play. He might have to play catch up all season, which is great for fantasy.
0: Yeah, no, I like him. And and realistically, let's say you do take him as your QB one, that just means you can load up your other roster, your other spots. Like you can basically gonna get nine quality starters. Or yes. yeah, nine quality starters. Mm-hmm. And then you have Lawrence getting a you know a safe floor of QB 13, 14 every week, which depending on the league and depending on your settings. But I do like that you said he has a rushing upside because he does. He's not slow, yeah. like he actually will be very good and as someone who scouted him and debbie and knows this stuff especially with his rushing floor it is gonna be fine like realistically i think he's pretty safe now i have seen some people draft him a little higher than i like like qb 14 is probably where i would like him like in that round 10 if you're going a little higher for me i'm i'm not i'm not there the only other guy is like would you rather have matt ryan or trevor lawrence because that's exactly basically where they're going around like because who would you rather have in redraft?
1: So I would honestly rather have Trevor Lawrence just because of okay. his upside because he can rush. Matt Ryan doesn't offer any sort of rushing upside. Uh I know that the Falcons defense is also bad and that's why that Matt Ryan is only two spots behind Trevor Lawrence. You know, like they they are in that same tier. But I I would rather go with Lawrence because he's younger because he can actually get you some rushing yards. And I think that I mean, it might be a hot take, but I think overall he has better weapons than Matt Ryan. So I think I'm going to lean towards Trevor Lawrence.
0: Yeah, and I want to address the question about Urban Meyer uh, that you know people bring up, like should we worry about him and should we be scared of Urban Meyer as a coach? Because I know that Marshall Faulk came out recently and he talked about, hey, this is a warning, Trevor Lawrence. None of Urban's quarterbacks that he developed were good in the NFL. The thing is, to me, first of all, the thing about developing is like Lawrence is pretty. I don't want to say he's who he is, but his development is basically what we like to see. Like that's, that's kind of his development. Like we don't need urban to develop Lawrence. Like he is a very good quarterback. I love his weapons that he has. And if, if you look at like how he's going to utilize ETN, I think ETN is going to get a ton of targets in the passing game. And so when you're yeah. looking at how they're going to use those weapons around them, they're the perfect fit. LaVisca he's going to be great in the slot. And so is Marvin Jones. Both those guys mm-hmm. are going to be interchangeable. Look at what Paris Campbell did at Ohio state. Look at what these slot guys did. Terry McLaurin, mm-hmm. like all these guys mm-hmm. that did all these things. We're going to see that go into this offense. Plus we're going to have Trevor Lawrence. Give me that all day. Especially with what you're saying with Matt Ryan, I think in a weird way, like you're right. I think the Jaguars have better weapons than the Falcons. I do right. think that Ridley's the best weapon, mm-hmm. but I think after that pits, I'm not, the, I'm not a Russell gauge guy. I'm not these other guys that are popping in there. Mm-hmm. And I just would rather have Lawrence and, and the ability to scheme ETN and the ability to scheme LaVisca. Like, give me that, give me that upside all day. Uh, and then Zach Wilson, what do you think of Zach going at QB 27? Like, he is, is that worth like a are you going to waste a roster spot on Zach? I, I listen to you because you're the Q quarterback guru for redraft. <laughs> so are you wasting a roster spot with him or do you feel like it's OK to grab measure QB two because you going got to start right away? So anyway, you have him. You're going to have a starter. All right.
1: So Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are the only rookie starting quarterbacks guaranteed to start in week one. As of this episode, Yeah, he, he's super young at 21 and stands at a decent six foot two. But the big thing is that Adam Gase is gone, which bodes well on his potential development. Even early on, he has some weapons to play with such as Corey Davis, rookie Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims and your boy, Kevin Keelan Cole. Um, You know, you know, he's set up for success. (laughs) Um, You know, there's a reason why he's going undrafted in one, quarterback leagues but i can see him being a solid streaming option when he plays the falcons the Bengals, the texans and jaguars during the season but other than that i'm only drafting him in super flex redraft leagues as a backup
0: yeah unfortunately he's my only starter in a league that i'm in uh yeah no i think you know to the credit i think i think zach wilson is getting a little i think that is a little disrespectful in terms of like I think it's ADP. Like, would you rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick or Zach then for redraft? Uh, I would rather have
1: Ryan Fitzpatrick just because of just because uh, he has been in the league. He has he has proven it, and he has okay. awesome weapons. Uh, yeah. You know, Zach Wilson. I like his talent. I I like his potential, but he just hasn't he just hasn't proven it yet. But I am willing to trust him as a streamer in great spots this season.
0: That's fair. I think that's a fair point. I think he's a streamable option, depending on where you're at, depending on how big your leagues are. It really depends on that roster size, because if you're, uh, you know, 22, 23 rounds, you might be able to snag him late and just hope that he's a solid QB2 and you have him there. Uh, You know, a guy that I want to shout out is Elijah Moore. I think he's got a great ADP right now. 184. He's going as wide receiver 63. Like, I like that. All the news out of camp. Sounds like he's having a hell of a camp so far. He had a great rookie mini camp. It seems like everybody loves him and that. They're going to manufacture targets for him, and he's going to earn those targets. So give me Elijah Moore all day at his ADP.
1: So uh, I'm curious, Kevin, what, what are your... Dynasty thoughts on Zach Wilson. You know, let's say that one of our listeners has the 108 pick in their Dynasty Superflex League and knows that they won't get Lawrence, Lance, or Fields, but could grab Zach Wilson. Should they feel confident taking Wilson or choose the best player available?
0: I'm taking Wilson a Superflex League uh, because, you know, you don't you don't pass on the number two pick in a super flex league. If he falls that far, like to be, and I, and I've done this. And so to be perfectly fair to all the listeners, everybody out there in a 16 team league, in a super flex 16 team league, which is a monster of a league where quarterbacks are valued. He dropped all the way to meet up with the one Oh nine on a team that I won last two years ago. And then I lost CMC. So I was, I was competing and I wasn't all of a sudden CMC. Thank you. Uh, But he fell to one Oh nine and everybody in the league was pissed because I got, I figured I was going to have to draft Mac Jones. That's who I thought I was going to have to draft. So now I have, you know, I have Wilson. I'm okay with that. I think at yeah. the 108 to the 110, that's a very good value for a kid that's going to start right away. An improved offense, Robert Sala being there, Elijah Moore, they're going to have better weapons. I think Michael Carter's getting slept on a little bit. I think he's an okay asset. They still could draft a running back next year or, or look for one. Uh, I, I like it in Dynasty. I don't mind him over that. And with the quarterback turnover and what we see with quarterbacks every year, especially next year, I mean, realistically, we could see like six to seven teams needing a starting quarterback. True that. That changes the landscape. So I'm, all, I'm on the Wilson board, which is weird because I wasn't. It's funny how Debbie works because you, you look at these prospects and over time your opinions change and then they get drafted by somebody and then you look like, okay, I want this guy. I actually like this. So like a guy like Rashad Bateman and Wilson were two guys that like I wasn't very high on in the pre-draft process in Debbie. And now that their situations have changed and who they're around, I'm like, yeah, I'll smash that by all day. Like that's just value to me. Love it. Love it. So, we're gonna go through there. We went through all the news: Aaron Rodgers being back, Tariq Cohen, Michael Thomas, vaccines. We went through all the rookie quarterbacks. Jacob gave his his, his reputation is on the line. Mac Jones out there, that Mac <laughs> Jones is gonna start Week One of the NFL season. How do you feel about your reputation being on line there, Jacob? You proud of that?
1: Uh, all I gotta say is that Mac Jones, please show up. Please just <laughs> run that system and flatter the heck out of Bill Belichick and win that job so that I can keep my job.
0: <laughs> yeah. we got to keep around here in the triple of play. So we please, uh, appreciate everybody listening. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. If not, if you're on the podcast, please, please download us, let us know how we're doing, hit, leave that rating. And until next time, we'll see you guys later.